Merry Christmas, everybody. <clears throat> so it's me, Lark, the vampire, so I'm back again with a festive special as promised. So, Christmas time, I, well, as you know, I'm 507 years old now, and, well, no, 506, I will be 507, oh, hold on, no, I am 507, jeez, I am getting old, so, I've lived a long time, I've seen a lot of Christmases, I've had my Christmas past presents, then there is my future, which we're all uncertain of. So, I thought I would tell you about other Christmases. I mean, I told you once already in the last Christmas special about the Christmas truce I made in with some werewolves like the Germans and the British did in World War One. that one Christmas in 1914. Well, I want to tell you something else about Christmas that I think might... Well, first of all, you humans are natural beings. You're not supernatural like me, werewolves, or any other creatures of, well, what you would call myth. Um, you know, ah, see, we vampires and werewolves and witches, we all can see ghosts. You humans, you either see it or you don't. Some are born with gifts, some aren't. But I can tell you that I've already said before that Halloween and Christmas Eve are the two nights of the year where the barriers between the living and the dead are at their thinnest. And on Christmas Eve, you know, like in A Christmas Carol, Scrooge is visited by the spirits. Well, that actually happens. Ghosts are all over the place on Christmas Eve. You can see them everywhere whether they have unfinished business, whether they're haunting by choice, or they have to do make up for burdens they did in life. That's what happens. And you can see it all. And I see that a lot. But then, by the strike of midnight when Christmas Day begins, a bright light opens. You humans can't see it, but us supernatural beings can. And... There's this bright light, and we see angels come out from there, and they guide the, some of the souls into the next life, which is quite beautiful, really. But of course, there are free ghosts that do haunt people, and of course they do haunt those that are selfish, greedy, and pretty much like Ebenezer Scrooge. So, the three spirits that haunt on Christmas Eve, they're not exactly what you would think. Now, yes, Charles Dickens is A Christmas Carol. I'll talk about that in a moment. But the ghosts that we see... See, the real three ghosts of Christmas past, present and yet to come are, well, are still part of Christmas culture. And I'll tell you them now. The real ghost of Christmas past is the Virgin Mary. She shows people their past of Christmas. And she is the embodiment of what Christmas was. Because, don't forget, you humans, you, you, Christmas is meant to be the celebration of the birth of Jesus. 
Well, she was there when it happened. She she kind of gave birth to what is the modern tradition, and she represents all that, where it all started, which is in the past now, and she is the real ghost of Christmas past. The real ghost of Christmas present, of course, is Saint Nicholas. Now, he was around long before my time. See, Saint Nicholas, he was a real person a very, very long time ago. Now, if any of you listeners have kids and you don't want them to know the truth yet, have them not listen to this. <clears throat> Ready? Okay, so, Saint Nicholas was a real person. And today he is now the ghost of Christmas present. The real ghost of Christmas present. And on Christmas Eve his spirit flies the earth, filling us all with Christmas spirit and goodness and goodwill. And also haunts those like a Scrooge, as I've said already, shows them the shadows of what is and how people can do to make the best of things on Christmas. And then, of course, the real ghost of Christmas yet to come, of course, is the Grim Reaper, the Angel of Death. Because he knows all, he sees all. But he's forbidden from ever speaking it because if he does, well, it's all fixed to him. He can only show an alternate plane of existence. So, basically, the spirit of Christmas yet to come already knows the outcome of what will happen. They just need to give him that nudge. They need to spook them into, you know, turning that new leaf and, like I say, shows them an alternate version of what could be, not what will be, because, like I say, he knows all the future, he's forbidden from speaking it. That's why he doesn't speak. That's why he does not speak. But that is the ghost of Christmas yet to come. So those are the real spirits. And also, whoever that Scrooge is who gets visited... By the spirits, they get warned by a co-acquaintance from their past who was just as bad as them. And yes, they burden chains that they forge in life. Yeah. So, I bet you're thinking, this is all in A Christmas Carol. Now, A Christmas Carol and the Nativity are one of the most retold Christmas classics of all time. So, Charles Dickens. He had many flops in that after, you know, being seen as like a one-hit wonder. And then in the October of 1843, he started writing a book. A book that would invent the modern traditions of Christmas. See, before A Christmas Carol, no one really took Christmas that seriously. They saw it as a, a time to pig out and keep warm and stuff and not be jolly or merry. But then when A Christmas Carol came out... People read it and were so inspired that they started to celebrate Christmas to what it is now, where it's God bless us everyone, we go, you know, humans go to church and there are Christians of course. It's a Christian tradition but over time other non-Christianic traditions have took it on as a tradition and a holiday. I mean Christmas now for a lot of people is commercialised, all about making money. Well... I can tell you that back then, Christmas, people were truly grateful for what they had because there were those that were not that fortunate enough. And it was all about exchanging one gift or two and, you know, sharing a special meal together. And 
that became what Christmas kind of is now, because around now, humans have this whole roast Christmas dinner. I mean, other religious groups have their different way of doing things. Some don't even do Christmas at all, which is fair enough by all means. But, yes, all that roasting meat and vegetables and all that pudding... You spend twice as much and you eat twice as much on Christmas. Um, but, yeah. I never truly had a Christmas like that. I mean, I can't eat food. I'm a vampire, of course. <laughs> I can taste the Christmas food if someone's recently eaten it. You know, through their blood. But, yes. At Christmas time, it's just a great time. A really great time. And... I truly enjoy it. You see, I've seen Christmases in the Victorian age. They really loved it then. It was really a great celebratory time. And I even read the book as well. I got a copy from 1843. I got it in the January of 1844. Uh, of course, I don't have it now because it's worn out over time because I read it that much. So that copy is just dust five. I've always purchased a copy and read it every year because I just like to read it. It's one of my favourite Christmas tales of all time, A Christmas Carol. And, you know, to me that is the true spirit of Christmas, to me, I think. So, in 1860, I actually went to London. Um... Me and Yukuma were back together for that Christmas, and we decided to go to the theatre, and we saw Charles Dickens as he read his book, A Christmas Carol, and everyone was just amazed and listening to it, and it was a nice read. We used our minds and visualised things. Of course, now, over time, A Christmas Carol's gone on to become... Well, it's been adapted to death. I mean, it's in the public domain now, so anyone can do their own take on it. And I've seen loads of takes. And what is my favourite Christmas Carol adaption? <laughs> Tough question. You know, and that's kind of good, because when you can't just settle for one, it means you truly enjoyed it. And, I mean, I even saw a silent version back in 1911, where it was only half an hour long, and they crammed a lot in there. But they did it. So, yes, that Christmas. I remember one Christmas I was 490. This was Christmas 2006. I was really down. I was lonely. Me and Yakuma was split. I was pretty much on my own. And I actually f wanted to just go into a deep slumber. You know, sleep. And then I saw a face... My former familiar. He told me that I'll be visited by free spirits in the hope that they can change my mind. And, of course, this uh, this old familiar of mine was called Keith. Keith was a great familiar. He, he actually had no intention of being a vampire. He wanted to serve as a familiar. And, um... In 1978, he got sick with Lou Gehrig's disease and wanted me to put him out of his misery. I mean, I won't get into details about that, but he did want me to turn him. But he he said he could only... 
he has to help me so he can get his wings or something like that. I didn't quite know what he meant then, but I got to look at my pasts in Christmas time and what Christmases they were. And then I went back to the Christmas of 1914, which I told you all about already in the last Christmas special, but I got to see that element again. I couldn't be heard or seen or anything, like, because it was like Scrooge. I was, you know, I could only see the shadows. I saw them, and it was a nice time. I, uh, one Christmas I remember where everybody put down their guns and just celebrated. The, the Christmas miracle, you know, people just being kind. And then I remembered that Christmas before everyone returned to their trenches. I saw someone I saluted and I said I saw a good look into the future. I then knew that was actually me. My shadow from the future was able to see my past and I just saluted a cup of blood and drank it. Yeah, or was it coffee? I don't know, I was in a ghost dimension. Anyway, I said to Keith, well... When are the other spirits coming? And then Keith told me he's not a spirit, he's an angel. And the reason why he is here is because he needs to get his wings. And then he said he had one last gift for me. And know what it was? It was my wife, Mary. From my human times. When I was a human, I had a wife and two sons. She died giving birth to our second son. And... She said, Merry Christmas, Austin. That, that's my actual name, Austin Larkbury. She said, Merry Christmas to me. And I said, Mary, you're all there in all my memories. You see, I lived for so long, you know, long before the camera was invented. I, the only pictures I had of my family in my human times were in my memories. And given how long I'd lived, the memories of them had faded. But then I finally saw her again, Mary, in her 16th century dresses, and she just said, Merry Christmas, Austin, and I said, Mary, you're there in all my memories. Then she said to not forget about her again, because quite frankly that was offensive. And then next thing my sons appeared, who were ghosts as well. You see, they, well, one lived a full life, died at the age of... Um, you know, 54. The other one, he died at the age of 56. That was quite an age to get to back then in those days. Anyway, I saw all three of them, and these, these turned out to be the three spirits that were visiting me. I didn't think they could all come at once, but they did in this account. So there I was, just standing in that ghost dimension with the trenches in the battlefield because I was still in vision 1914 and they they were there with me my sons as well Henry and Jacob Jacob being my youngest and I could remember them again because my memories of them all came back and I finally could remember what they looked like and what kind of people they were I told my wife Mary I'm sorry that I've moved on and found other lovers in my life and she was like that was fine because every time I found true happiness she said she looked down and smiled on me 
so did my sons. See, I kept, I, I, I lost track of my descendants because I was like, I can't keep watching them grow old and die, etc. But when I saw my sons, they told me to just keep on living, be jolly, be happy. And I was. And just to connect with them, just to see them all again. And then they said, you know what, the hardest part of knowing someone great is saying goodbye. Saying that is just so hard, but they said that they remain ghosts. Not because they have any unfinished business, it's just my sons and my first wife, they're quite happy being ghosts, living in the ghost dimension. And what they did was we all had a big family hug. Just one big hug and then they crossed over back to the spirit world. As for Keith, I heard a bell chime and he got his wings. He finally became an angel. And then he flew off into the forever. As for me, I returned back to my flat where I went outside on Christmas Day night. I mean, the spirits had then all gone back and everything to where they were supposed to be. And I looked up at the sky and I thought of my family and all the lovers I've had, all the lovers I've loved and lost. Yes, it was beautiful. So beautiful. And then I noticed my landlady, Mrs. Wang, had her family over and then her son actually invited me over to for some games. We played charades and other games. It was quite nice. And then I just decided to phone up uh, Yakumo, who is my current wife and still is. And we were taking a break from our marriage at that time. See, when you're immortal, we take breaks from marriages. We see other people. We reunite again. And I spoke with her for a while. And then, well, of course, I've told you now that... I became human very briefly one time and we got back together again and we still are now. And this Christmas, what are we going to do? Well, me and Yakubo, we're going to look up at the sky and see the ghosts, see the angels. And then we're going to just have sex and enjoy ourselves and, you know, Go to the uh, to this hotel in Transylvania, this vampiric hotel in Transylvania, where we celebrate Christmas in the company of other vampires and human familiars and consenting humans where we feast on them. Yes. But you know why so many people, family and loved ones get together at Christmas time? It's because every Christmas is last Christmas. You never know. I mean, it, it probably never is, but you never know when it's going to be your last one. So you need to cherish it, make good memories and treat it as if it's the last one. And like I said, I've had so many Christmases. When I was human in the you know early you know, 16th century, I can't quite remember what we did. But all I remember was it was cold and we fed and had meat and drank beer. Yeah, it wasn't really much of the holiday that we know it as now, but still, yeah. Christmas is kind of a very common modern-day tradition thing, but 
I feel that sometimes people, especially like business people, forget the true spirit of Christmas. It's not about making money or anything like that or gifts. It's about the true spirit, the goodness of your heart to give to those who are not fortunate like you are to be grateful for what you have and to just make good memories that can last forever and watch a lot of Christmas specials of course and sing Christmas carols and music that's the beauty of Christmas time yes in fact I have a, a little bit of my diary here from uh, Christmas 1984 so here we go Christmas 1984 it's been a good Christmas day spent it with some vampires in a den even came across some werewolves and wished them a Merry Christmas you see since that Christmas truce in 1914 I'm just going off this dive for a second here if I see a werewolf or anything that's an enemy of us vampires I simply wish them a very Merry Christmas and put all our differences aside for one day. So anyway, yes, uh, reading on. I then watched Top of the Pops Christmas, because that's always on Christmas Day, and we re-listened to some of the classics, like I Wish It Could Be Christmas Every Day, Slade, Merry Christmas Everybody, and some new ones in there. In fact, there was one Christmas single that came out, that I bought, which was a charity single called Band-Aid. Do they know it's Christmas? Wonder if they'll make a tradition of that where they repeat it every 10 years except for 94. Maybe they'll do another one in 89. I don't know. That's all in the future. All I know is that Christmas brought all those artists together to help those in need, such as the poverty in Africa. Pretty much like how St. Nicholas said, he saw so much poverty in his world, he made it his business that everyone should have a gift on Christmas and rewarding the good. As for the naughty, he still gives them a gift, a big lump of coal. But also, we also need to be aware that Krampus is also about ready to punish the naughty because that's what he does. Yeah, Krampus. Oh, anyway, yes. This is my diary signing out. Christmas Day. 1984 that's what I said in that diary and yes Krampus yeah he's a devil of Christmas but still uh, he's not as twisted and messed up as people think he's actually quite a reasonable guy he punishes the naughty Santa rewards the good he just gives kids a smack on the bottom and a lump of coal he doesn't actually take them back to his hell dimension where Truly evil people go where he thinks they deserve it, like serial killers and stuff like that. Anyway, yes, I think I've spoken enough now for this Christmas uh, special of my podcast. So, yes, um, I want to... If, you, if you're still listening to this by the end, I want to thank you all for listening. It's been a great um, chat with you all. So, yes... Uh, I'll be back in February, I think, with a Valentine's special. I want to do something Valentine-y on something like that, because, you know, the heart wants what the heart wants. Maybe I'll start a fourth series then. I am planning on doing another one, because I've got so much I want to say. Anyway, 
here's me talking to you a lot for one last time this year, so have a very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and have a very Happy New Year. All the best for 2024. I have been Lark the Vampire. This has been my Vampire Diaries Christmas Special, and it's all been about the true meaning, the spirit of Christmas time. Merry Christmas.